Okay, we're back here with Paul, and question number two of the most popular questions we get for him is, how did you hear God speaking to you while you were gone from the family? Hmm. Well, at the beginning, at the beginning, of course, when I was gone, God was really not a part of my life, because, um, you know, I, I had, of course... I had backslidden tremendously and had no communication with with God and didn't hear of God, didn't go to didn't go to church. I mean, things didn't happen, um, you know. Like when you say, "How did you hear from God?" At the beginning, for two and a half to three years, more maybe a little longer than three years, there was I didn't want to hear from God. Uh, I didn't want nothing to do with God. And, you know, a lot of that was a guilt trip. I mean, how could I, first of all, there's no way living in the way that I was living that I could attain or attend, excuse me, a church. Uh, I didn't feel like going to church. I didn't go to church. Um, I think a lot of that I kind of mocked people that thought that, you know, Christianity can or God can help everybody in all situations. And, you know, you get to accept things that, well, this is the way life is, and, you know, 92.5% of the people in the world today are divorced, or, you know, that number's a little high, but it's it's gaining every day. And, um, you know, you can understand, without Christ, the the communication level that Judy and I had was really not even existing. Um, without Christ, you know, um, and it, and again, there was it was life as normal. It was life as it is today. Um, you know, pe- people that are in a, in a situation with a spouse or uh, a couple that's going through a hard time. You really have to look at the sincerity of of knowing who God is, or, or or having an idea. I mean, you know, I I grew up in a in a, a Catholic church, and there's nothing wrong with a Catholic church. I grew up, you know, eight years of nuns in a Catholic school. I grew up uh, four years with brothers in Notre Dame. Uh, I had some pretty basic ideas of religion per se and you know but I didn't have that relationship and God was very strong in Judy's life but not in mine so when when someone says well how did you hear God speaking to you you know I, I can't say I Judy has it's a gift that God has given her that you know she hears from God and and I definitely believe that she does, and the things that she talks or knows is not, it's not man-made things. Uh, it's, it's, you know, scripture, it's spiritual. My situation was not quite as dramatic as her listening or hearing from God. Um, but I knew, like I had mentioned in the earlier version that we spoke about, that when I was watching the television program, in, when God was convicting me, when tears were flowing down my face, knowing that the way I was living was the wrong way. 
And it's not that he was displeased with me. I didn't feel the guilt from Christ, but just the sh ashamed and, you know, kind of beat down that, gee, you know, nothing that I did at that point in time was working for me. And I never had that situation because I had a good job. I was a general manager at a car dealership. I had 10 salespeople under me. I was making phenomenal money. I had cash in the bank. I had a motorcycle. I could do what I wanted to do. But yet there was something missing. And, you know, people think happiness is having, you know, more toys or, you know, having the perfect marriage or the perfect family. And I'll get back to the same thing if you don't put Christ at the center. It isn't going to work. It might work now. And, you know, it might work for five years. It might work for 15 years. It might work for 30 years. But I see people today that have been married for four weeks. I've seen people that have been married for 55 years getting divorces. That's not right. That's not normal. That's not the normal trend. Um, society today can't fix the problems. The alcohol can't fix the problems. The drugs can't fix the problems. A new girlfriend, a new boyfriend can't fix the problems. It can prolong some of the problem but then you know one day you're going to have to face you again and I think that's what was happening to me I started realizing that first of all that you know I always knew God loved me but I felt very abandoned I felt very that he wasn't around why would he want to hear from me the way I'm living you know it's like you know he did, does he really know my name you know, do I have that relationship with him? No, I don't have a relationship with him. Um, and you know, I used to make fun of Judy a lot. I used to say, oh, you know, holy roller, and she's so into Christianity, and you know, the, and, and you've heard the story, her version of the story, how she was always at prayer meetings, and it was continuously, there was no balance. But you know, you know, I was envious of her, I was jealous of her, and she was growing. And I knew she knew things uh, spiritually, because the things she would say that came to pass, I would scratch my head and say, "How did she know that?" You know. So, uh, getting back to, I didn't have that kind of relationship. Um, and you know, even even like today, I, I know that you know there are times that you might get into a dry place where you think you're alone and you don't hear from God and this and that. But you know what? When you when you don't hear from God, it really means that He's giving you more faith. Because if you have to always be comforted in Him telling you every single way to go, you have to have that trust level and you have to have that confidence in Jesus that he's there it's easy to say that now but back then it wasn't that easy to say that because he wasn't part of that life that I was living um, how could I bring him in to the life that I was living um, but you did ask the question at the beginning of how did you hear from God and you know the little things that Judy did that was different. 
her patience, her kindness, the things that she wasn't, we weren't arguing anymore. We were talking about things. And even, you know, there were hard times because I know I would tell her things like, you know, I'm not ever coming home. Get real. This is never going to happen for us. Um, we're going to be a statistic. We're going to be like, you know, 62.5% of the world today that might be separated or divorced. Um, you know, it's an epidemic. I mean, it's happening in this, in this country. It's happening in the world. Churches are being divided. There's more divorce going on in church today than there ever has been in the history of the country. Um, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that we're living in those end days. And, and if you look at it, I mean, schools, drugs, killings, I, I mean, this world, you know, has changed. Um, but that power that has always been in the world um, is still there today. Um, and, and I, getting back to, I knew, again, when I was watching, like I had mentioned earlier in the first segment, um, things that God started showing me, not so much telling me, the things I started to see, the changes, the change in Judy, you know, you would think that God would have to change me dramatically to be a new person to come home. But he didn't. He, he brought me home and he changed me slowly. And the things that he changed me slowly is he started changing Judy. And things became, we became two different people than we were before. Much different people. I mean, we are so different people today. Um, you know, even in my place of business, not now, but when I was in the car business, I used to have salesmen come to me and say, I can't understand how calm you are. You know, uh, an engine could fall out of a car and we'd be like, oh well, you know, I mean, not that I didn't care, but it was like, you know, if it wasn't really life-threatening or a real issue at the moment, it's not that dramatic. You know, um, I used to always hear a little saying that, you know, I uh, I complained that my shoes were too tight till I met a kid with no feet. Then my shoes didn't hurt me. So that's kind of like what happened with us. You know, when we look back at it today, um, God shows me, I think, a little differently. He's not, um, you know, he's not... There's not a voice that I hear. I think Judy sometimes gets more of that. But he shows me little things. Maybe maybe simple things so I can understand them easier. But uh, just little things. Uh, growth factors. Growth things. Um, that's kind of... Um, so when you, when you asked the question earlier, how do, how do I hear God? And, you know what did God say to me? Uh, you know, when I when I listened to that, as I earl mentioned earlier in the first segment of this uh, series, that, you know, I was watching this television program. I mean, God can use anything. He used the donkey to speak to people. But 
he used this one man and it could have been anybody. But I knew that, you know, he was convicting me. He was he was showing me still where I was sitting that he still loved me and that he wanted to bring me back to the fold. You know, it wasn't about bringing me home. It wasn't about, you know, changing my life. He didn't, all of a sudden, I didn't become a new creature and, and jumping up and praising God. I didn't do that. But I knew that it was time. I had got to that point where that was a, that was a leading from God when he used that Benny Hinn fella to speak. And the message, all he said is that God loves you and he wants to bring you back to your senses and whatever you're going through, he wants to bring you out of that, that darkness. And that was it. And, and the tears flowed and I packed whatever I had. And again, I made that same statement earlier that I came home. Now, I didn't come home with all the joy, and, but I was home. And it was like, it was the right time and the right place. And that's kind of how, that was the, the, dra the dramatic part of hearing God. If, if there was any time of knowing that God was speaking to you, that was definitely that time. But beforehand, I didn't have that. I didn't have that because I wasn't, I wasn't listening for. I wasn't ready for. Um, there is a time where husbands will come home when Christ changes their heart. Um, they they can't come home being the same person that they left because there's no change. There's no victory. Um, I would have never come home had it not been for God, you know, drawing me back. Um, and you know, I, I fought many times, like Judy had said earlier in the conversation, that I would come home, I would, I would speak to her, um, but I wasn't ready to come home. I, my mind wasn't here, my heart wasn't here. Um, you know, I didn't want to be here. Because nothing, nothing was new. Nothing had changed. I couldn't see any change. Um, uh, funny little things that, I have to mention this, but funny little things. Um, I never took all my clothes out of the house. I would still pay the mortgage and the bills. and I'll, I'll never forget coming home to get some dress shirts that I had in my closet and Judy, you know, being a little coy in the background, she would actually spray some of the best perfume that I loved that she had. I forget the name brand now. But it was like and then I would take the my shirts and I'd put it in my car and I could smell her. And it was like, you know, I mean, it just it made me think of what I missed, you know. And, and it's not that I disliked her, but it just, we were so different, we were so in, you know, incompatible. Was un now, we were married for, you know, so many years, I and mean, we were married for 17, 18, 20 years, and, and how could we be that incompatible? But it got to that point. And I think that's what happens with people today. 
you know, when it's new and eight years go by and ten years go by and um, people lose the desire, the passion, the drive, um, and they think that it's over and that's the end. But you know, when Christ, when Christ enters in and gets involved in your life, it becomes new again. And it's not so much that the, the passion and compassion or whatever you want. It's not that it's, it's that brand new. But you see things in a different light. He opens up, he takes the zeal, he takes the blindness, and he just, he opens up a whole new, you know, like we mentioned earlier with the grandkids. And, you know, you, I never thought of that. When I was going through this, this life, I mean, you know, only, I mean, my kids weren't married. And, and it was like, you know, I never thought about grandkids and I never look at the consequences down the road like, well, you know, whether it's financially, mean, just financially, the, the burden of divorce, the, the separation, how it, it tears. I mean, kids suffer the most are divorced than parents. Parents are, they can go their own way, but the kids are stuck in the middle. And that's not the way God intended it. So, you know, it's it when you read in the Bible that God hates divorce, man, that's an easy that's easy to understand. And you can see why. He knows. He knows the hardship. He knows down the road. He knows that, you know, when are you gonna see your grandkids? Are they gonna be with you on Tuesday? And then three weeks later, they're going to be at somebody else's house. And everybody always says that, well, you can, ad you can adjust. You know, our families will mingle together. and That's not how God in intended it. That's not how God planned it. And when you go against that grain, there has to be hardship and there has to be complications. And I see the complications... You know, um, I mean, I just see complications. I see complications in in uh, children that are going through a hard time uh, emotionally, physically, mentally. They're all, you know, they they don't know which way to go. Um, you know, we we read a little thing today. We're at a at our church and. We prayed for marriages, and we, and, and uh, you know, it, it tore my heart to hear two little kids say, "Geez, pray that mommy and daddy get back together," because you know, and then they, they can fix that God will fix their problem. And I mean, these are children talking about this. So, um, you know, if people understood, if husbands and wife understood. It was really down the road. I think they look at it a little differently. And and if they if they you know if they value grandchildren and value their children, um, there's a lot more than just the the emotional or the. Uh, that was hard for me to learn. You know, it was like it was always about what I wanted. And it was always about me. And, you know, that's the way I was. I was very self-centered. Very like, you know, 
if it didn't make me happy. Um, and, and that's where God really changed. He's given me more of a, um, you know, compassion for to see my grandkids grow. And you know, I look at my daughter. You know, every day she comes to the house and drops her my granddaughter off. And when I look at the, I mean, she's a woman. She's a grown woman. She's she's just beautiful. And I and it's it's wow. I see that every day, and I see the growth in her. That you know, uh, she's where we were at. You know, twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, and. Uh, that's what people are missing. That's what people that are sep you know, separated from spouses, divorce, um, you don't you don't you don't witness that joy. You don't see it in the same light. You might have your grandkids like over, but it's not the same with a different spouse or a different person. It can't be. It's not intended to be. God didn't intend that to happen that way. That wasn't his plan. You know, and it goes back to the garden. God's plan was that he was made man and woman and they were going to be happily ever after. That was God's plan. But we, Adam and Eve, sinning, that's where it all began. And it hasn't changed today. You know, it's, it's still the same today as it was back then. Thanks, Paul.